And if we look at everything as energetic, we realize, oh, so it's not just about having a fancy crystal. It's the fact that that crystal is bringing some specific energy. Oh, it's not just like go outside in nature because it's a cl cliche thing to say. It's because the trees and the wind and the ground has a certain energetic vibration that is different from concrete walls. It's just true. Hi, everyone. I'm Hetty Holmes, and you're listening to Hacking Happiness with Dose, the podcast that explores what makes us feel good to get those happy hormones firing. My next guest is Koya Webb, an international yoga teacher, holistic health coach, best-selling author and vegan activist whose core mission is to promote daily self-care and eco-friendly living to combat some of the world's biggest challenges, including mental health, social injustices and global warming. As a former competitive track and field athlete training for the Olympics, Koya got introduced to yoga after a debilitating track injury derailed her career. In this podcast, we talk about how to develop self-compassion in the absence of physical connection, the power of crystals and the full moon, how she deals with stress, and how running is still her go-to for an endorphin rush. Despite having amassed a million followers through her Get Loved Up community, it really hasn't gone to her head. I was totally won over by her down-to-earth southern charm, and I'm sure you will be too. I hope you enjoy. want to take a huge thank you for coming on the dose podcast we're, we're big fans of everything that you do and I know it's um you're a lady in demand you've got a, a huge huge audience that you connect with um and we yeah we're just delighted to have you on so thank you well thank you so much for having me it means so much and congratulations on the community you've built as well I'm so happy that we can connect and just really talk about like holistic health and well-being and just you know share the vibes so you're obviously you're hugely influential in the yoga world and have amassed a huge, huge following. But it would be great to hear, first of all, how you got into this space, because if I'm right, you were a competitive track and field athlete first. Right. And you were kind of on track for the Olympics. But then you had this debilitating injury. So I'd love to hear a little bit more about that. Absolutely. I mean, <laughs> I'm a country girl. I'm from Tennessee and I I love nature. And I remember growing up, I would be running to catch the bus and ride the bus to school. And I really loved living in the country. I miss being with my friends and I miss, you know, playing the sports. But being out in the country and being in nature was something that I've always loved since I was a little girl. And so those runs to the bus <laughs> built up my, my leg strength and I ended up uh, running track and field, getting a track and field scholarship to Wichita State University. And about my sophomore year, I was slated to win the conference and everything was going well. I was so happy that I was able to go to college and I was walking home from class one day and I got this sharp pain in my back and I thought I'd gotten shot. I didn't know what was happening. And um, they sent me to the doctor and they said, you have a stress fracture. And I'm like, what? Like, how did this happening? I wasn't doing anything. I wasn't on the track. I, I was trying to take care of myself. But I realized that I was trying to maintain a 4.0 GPA. I wasn't really sleeping. You know, I would eat when I could, but it wasn't necessarily healthy. And I really wasn't taking care of myself. So I went into like a mini depression. I was crying in classes. I felt like, you know, I put all of my energy into track and feel. And now I was nothing. I felt like I was nothing. I felt like, you know, what am I going to do now? And my teacher sent me to the counselor who suggested that I try yoga. 
And again, I'm a Southern girl. So when I heard yoga, I was like, you know what? I can't be worshiping no different gods. Like, I didn't know what it was. All I knew was like, you know, um, just these people on walls and people in very uncomfortable positions. And I was like, I don't know if I could do this. But the counselor is like, no, it's just stretching. You should try it out. It's, 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 you know, it's just stretching. Just try it out and see how you feel. And so reluctantly, but without many other choices, I went to class and it was painful. I felt so out of place. Here I am, this tall, I'm 5'11", by the way, athlete, and I was taller than everyone. I couldn't touch my toes. And I remember being in a headstand and feeling like my brain was oozing out of my skull. I'm like, this is not for me. I'm not supposed to be doing this. And I felt so frustrated. And the teacher saw me and she came over and she was like, Koya, I just want you to breathe. And I remember taking this deep inhale and exhale with her and feeling these chills in my body. I'm like, oh. Like, ah, that felt good. I can do that. I can definitely do the breathing thing. <laughs> so after that, I just kept breathing and I, I stayed away from the uncomfortable poses that I couldn't do. And I just started to breathe through the poses that I could. And it wasn't overnight that I, you know, got great at yoga. It was really more so connecting with my breath and my breath helping me to calm down and to release some of the emotions and the sadness, the stillness is really what helped me connect with myself. And from there, I started biking and swimming. And after a year, so not like overnight, and after, after one month or two months, I think I tried to go back to the track even after six months and I wasn't ready. After a year, I'd healed my body completely and I was able to go back to the track to win the conference meet and lead Wichita State to its first women's track and field championship. So. Track and, and yoga are best friends now, now, right now, and yoga became my my best friend then. Yeah, so you, you continued on the track and field events until, was it quite a few years after that, or was it, when did yoga kind of take center stage in your life? Well, after that, I was like, thanks, yoga, and I was 100% back on track and field, and I was like, oh my goodness, so I can go to the Olympics, so I actually called up a coach. His, his name is Ron Sheffield. He's, he was the coach at um, San Diego State University. And he didn't know me from a hole in the wall. And I called him up and I was like, can you please train me? He was like, I don't know who you are. I was like, I know you don't know me, but can you please train me? I'll get better every day. And I want to get into the Olympic Training Center. And he's like, you know, what? I don't know you, but I like I like your your personality. So go ahead and come out. And here I was, I I drove out um, in my beat, <laughs> beat up station wagon from uh from you know Kansas all the way to uh California and I've been here ever since and he trained me and um I ended up running for a while but again I did the same thing I did the first time I was not taking care of myself I didn't know a soul in California no cousins no aunts no friends nothing no one came with me and I ended up working as a personal trainer at 24 hour fitness um, I was basically working five to eight. Then I'd go on a track and train for the middle of the day. And then I'd go back and work from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. And I had like a full list of clients and I was training harder than I ever trained in my life. And I pulled my hamstring. So because I wasn't taking care of myself, I pulled my hamstring again. And then I was like, you know what? Let me go back to yoga. <laughs> and so I went back to yoga. Yoga healed me again. But this time I was like, you know what? there's something to this yoga thing. Like I feel better. I'm stronger. It's healed me for the second time. And so that's when I decided to get my yoga teacher training certification. And I realized like it wasn't just this 
you know, magician, <laughs> this magic fairy yoga angel that came and healed my body. It was the fact that I was connecting with my breath, that I was um, getting a lot of circulation um, in my body. And that's what enabled me to heal a lot faster and also calm down a lot of the stress that I had in my body. And I realized that that mind, body, soul connection can not only help me on the track, but it can also help me in every part of my life. So that's when I decided, you know what? I want to give this gift of yoga to every single person in the world who's willing to accept it. And I just became a a huge proponent of teaching yoga and holistic health. It's amazing. So you, you obviously applied that that strong work ethic that you had as an athlete to your journey in yoga because you've you've built up a huge following. You've got like a million people um, on Instagram and a huge community through your Get Loved Up program, which we'll get to. But you've also written a book, haven't you, called Let Your Fears Make You Fierce? And it, it, does that touch quite a lot on this journey of kind of from from a track athlete into yoga and, and some of the resilience you had to build in kind of dealing with that loss managing your expectations I guess you you had the Olympics in your sights and then suddenly you had to take a bit of a a change of direction and and how that affected like your ego and self-esteem and confidence absolutely I mean the book there's a lot in the book I mean let your fears make you fierce was not only a book to share how I overcome the track injury but also um, sexual assault I experienced and also just challenges in life that I've been through and how I use yoga meditation breath work, looking at my limiting beliefs to get through those things, even loss of job and not knowing what I wanted to do. Like so many stories I share in that book. That book is full of like uh, my stories and my solutions, my holistic solutions. I mean, it even has a nutrition plan in the back. So um, so it's all the things that I learned up until um, a year ago that have helped me navigate the challenges. So the subtitle is, you know, Lay Your Fears, Make You Fears, How to Turn Common Obstacles into Seeds for Growth. So it's really about taking the obstacles that you face in life and allowing them, allowing the challenges to change you into a better version of yourself. And I feel like even with the first injury and definitely with the second and with a lot of things that's happened in my life that, you know, some people might not bounce back from or might let define them. I realized that, you know, I've let those challenges make me stronger. And that's been my go-to in life. It's like, okay, I'm not going to let this this challenge take me out. I'm going to let it change me into a better version of myself. And when it comes to, you know, the Olympics, really, the reason I wanted to go to Olympics or even win a gold medal is because I I wanted to change lives. I would see these athletes on the Wheaties box and, and see them talking to big schools and things like that. And I always wanted to just help people. Um, help people feel better. I remember anytime anyone in my family felt bad or got hurt, I'm I'm an empathetic person. So I would feel it. And I was like, oh, I don't want people to be in pain. I want people to be happy. And I remember, you know, thinking, oh, maybe I'll be a nurse and I'll work in hospitals and realize that I do not like blood and I do not like hospitals that much. I don't even like going to the doctor. So um, that wasn't how it was going to help people. And so I really didn't know, but that, that mission and that, that, um, vision of wanting to help people never left. Just the way that I did it changed. So it wasn't from being an Olympic gold gold medalist. It was from, you know, being a holistic health coach and, and yoga teacher. And now 
um, that is being fulfilled through hosting, you know, even now virtual retreats, because now I'm not even in person, but like hosting my yoga teacher training online, putting a book out there in audio and physical that people can read. So I'm making a difference in, in sharing what I've learned, just using my story. And I think it's empowering for anyone who doesn't feel like, oh, that they have to be someone famous on, on TV or a singer or Olympic gold medalist to make a difference in the world. And the truth is, you don't have to do that. Like we all can make a huge impact in life if we just learn to tell our stories and learn to, um, you know, share even the gritty stuff that's not so fun and nice and how we got through it and realize that, you know, life is, you know, things will happen to us. They happen for us. And if we look at how something's happening for us, even when it feels like it's the worst thing, like, you know, um, that we can we can see um, our way through uh, a lot of challenging situations in life. Yeah. And and love is a very central theme to your yoga school and community. It's called Get Loved Up. So what inspired the name? And and for those that don't know, some listeners out there, what's the thinking behind it and, and who is it for? Because I can see there's like virtual full moon ceremonies, sacred sister circles, as well as things like how to be a wellness entrepreneur and nutrition plans. So it's kind of really, like you say, very holistic, very diverse. So yeah, I'd love to hear about like the thinking behind it and who it's for. Absolutely. I mean, it, it really started with self-love, self-love, me loving myself more, me realizing that I can't do it all. Like I can't, I can't run myself into the ground and expect to have enough for everyone, especially my family and my friends. And I had to realize that, yes, I love helping people and I love serving people, but I can't do it to the detriment of myself. And once I do it to the detriment of myself, then the resentment sets in and then the, you know, or injury sets in or, you know, and so I had to learn not to overwork myself, not to overextend myself, not to, you know, give to a point of depletion where I have nothing left to learn to love myself up. And so get loved up. Our philosophy is love yourself, love others, love the world. And then a couple of years later, I added in that order. Because a lot of times we try to do stuff in the world and then we try to love others. And then next thing you know, we're tapped out. But when we make sure that we are full and complete, when we do our morning rituals and love ourselves up and, and read and do our breath work and do our practices, we have more than enough energy to give to others. But if we're tapped and we're not you know, drinking our water and eating nutritious foods and, and doing what we need to release and express our emotions and we start just continuing to give, 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 eventually we're going to tap out. And that's where a lot of us, especially as women, we find ourselves because we, we are nurturers by nature and we want to give. And we have to remember that we have to get loved up in that order, love ourselves, love others and love the world. And then we'll have plenty to give. Um, so that's what Get Loved Up is about. And our um, online studio is about providing a resource every day, Monday through Friday. We have classes every morning at 8 a.m. PST, and it's for our community, um, the membership um, that people have. And we have 30 days free, so people can just try it out, come in and get loved up with us. And we have um, a ceremony every new moon and full moon. Once I learned the power <laughs> of the new moon and full moon and these ceremonies, I've been doing it for over a year now. And the power of releasing and forgiveness and um, having these ceremonies and providing this space where we're releasing together, we're calling out our fears together, and then we're dancing and we're doing ritual together is one of the most powerful things um, I've done in my community um, in addition to the daily classes. And so every full moon we have... Um, 
a co-ed uh, ceremony. And then every new moon is, is the sacred sister circle. So it's just for the women. Um, that way we can share some of the deeper things about relationships or um, our monthly cycles or <laughs> whatever it is uh, that we want to share share in their circles. But it's a beautiful time to come together as a community and uh, get loved up. It's great, isn't it? Because I guess being British, we're a little bit skeptical about these things. But as we're seeing, you know, trends from LA, New York eventually get to us. Um, and it looks like now, kind of four or five years later, our market is really interested in this thing. And I, mean, I can experience it from, I've just had a, I've just had my second baby. And the both times when there's been a full moon, there's been more births at the hospital because of just the impact of the moon on the f- female body. And it's, it's just really interesting. And I think people are being less skeptical about it now and it's great to see people like you who really fully believe in it and to educate us on the power and what it can do um so yeah I think we'll probably have a lot more people being interested in in it after this podcast for sure um but it's interesting self-compassion and self-love because in a pandemic like what we've experiencing now and we've got a real absence of physical connection um and we talk about oxytocin in dose it's like the love hormone that's one of our happy hormones and apparently according to um some scientists you can actually produce oxytocin yourself from just self-love you don't need it you need don't need to get it from other people necessarily you are able to produce that happy hormone on your own so like is this something that you you teach obviously through your virtual retreats in the absence of human connection you you can get that kind of happy hormone firing on your own Absolutely, because you're not really on your own. We we have many types of uh, stimulation. Um, there's physical stimulation, but there's also visual stimulation. There's smell, there's sound. So a beautiful thing that we definitely tap into is visual. Um, I had my retreat and it was very difficult, but we had it over Zoom so we could actually see people. So that's the stimulus. See people smiling in addition to seeing their voice and their face. See people dancing. That's the stimulation. See music. We do sound healing. Every ceremony I have, um, I either do the sound healing myself or I bring in a practitioner to do the sound healing. And we we provide that. Even when the pandemic first hit, I did sound healing every single day for my community because we were all traumatized and it was so much going on with the social justice movement and just just trauma on top of trauma on top of trauma. And so providing the sound healing and providing a safe space for people to come and share their emotions. And then we also had a self uh, love and social justice course so people can understand like the healing we're going through with humanity and when it comes to racial justice and things like that. So it's really important to realize and just to speak a little bit uh, to what you said before i mean <laughs> i'm from the south i didn't know anything about chakras or moon cycles or anything growing up so i was definitely skeptical too and it took a long time into it even after i experienced results for me to really be bold and i'm still at the edge of my boldness when it comes to sharing it i could be a bit bolder than i am based on like the studies that i've seen and what i've seen with my own eyes and what i've seen with my clients and my students in my community. Um, but when you think about it, you know, the world is mostly water and we're 75% water. We all know what happens to the tides when the moon is full, when it's low, we, we see the effect. So if we're 75% water, why wouldn't we too be affected by the moon cycles, right? And so we just have to realize, and also the more we hydrate, the more we can move energy and purify energy. When we shower, it means something. When we, um, you know, take baths or go into a body of water, like everything is, effect- everything is energetic. And if we look at everything as energetic, we realize, oh, 
So it's not just about having a fancy crystal. It's the fact that that crystal is bringing some specific energy. Oh, it's not just like go outside in nature because it's a cliche thing to say. It's because the trees and the wind and the ground has a certain energetic vibration that is different from concrete walls. It's just true. But why do plants um, have a detox effect? Why do we have therapy animals, right? What is it about another being? Because it's energetic. And when you really get scientific about it, it can take you out of that 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 thing about like, oh, this is like crystals and tarot cards and stuff like that. It's no, it's energy. And whatever energy that you get from from a card or from an affirmation is the energy that you attach to it. And when we realize that and we really focus on energetics and science versus just someone telling you that this is going to work, you really see that it scientifically makes sense that we are affected by sound, that we are affected by wind, that we are affected by uh, moon and nature and things like that. Yeah, that's super interesting. So getting to like serotonin, our kind of one most associated with mood and our mental health. Um, have you, aside from your injury, of course, um, have you ever experienced anxiety and stress? And what are some coping mechanisms that you have to deal with it? Well, have I? 100%. Um, I am a very sensitive person um, and again, empathic. And so I feel things on a really deep level. So it's really easy for me to be sad or happy or any type of emotion based on my surroundings. So just recently I had this huge retreat. We had um, a huge turnout. It was absolutely amazing. Uh, We had so many people turning in. We had amazing speakers like Lisa Nichols and Anthony William, the medical medium. And it was just so amazing. And we had major production uh, trouble. And it was, uh, I think it was Saturday. It was Friday, Saturday, Sunday event. And on Saturday night, I started having anxiety attacks. And I was just like, oh my goodness. Like, I got to show up and be 100% tomorrow. And what am I going to do? And what I did was create healthy boundaries. I did the breath work. I did uh, sound. I did every single thing that I knew I could do to balance my energy and to balance my emotions. But and then, and then still um, having therapy and coaching every day to deal with the amount of stress um, that it takes. And a lot of people will look at people that do events and like, oh, they, they're having this fun life and that's all great. Or someone on social media and really not knowing the stress that happens behind the scenes. And I think it's so important um, if you're someone in social media and, you know, I, I want to start normalizing like therapy and normalizing, you know, things like sound healing and breath work to balance out the energy when you have that kind of uh, kind of demand in your life to produce. Pr- and perform on a daily basis and show up on a daily basis. And a lot of times without sometimes adequate sleep, (laughs) adequate recovery and and things like that. So I 100%, one of my favorite tools is breath work. Um, I actually became a certified breath work practitioner after seeing the power of breath work to really calm down, really um, calm down and and really trigger my parasympathetic nervous system and help me rest and digest when my, my, you know, I'm really in anxiety mode. And that's been my go-to. Also, I use EFT, emotional freedom technique, uh, tapping, um, as people call it, uh, to really help me out when I'm 
you know, in the moment of feeling anxiety. And I do the breath work every single day just to keep me um, balanced energetically with, you know, I have a staff of 21 people. So there's, you know, ups and downs of that. It's beautiful. You have a team, but we're mostly women. So we have our cycles and we have, you know, emotions and, you know, um, managing that um, can be a lot. And so I definitely highly suggest, uh, you know, every single person listening to this podcast have a regular practice of breath work, uh, meditation. And even if you're not into yoga, just some form of movement, whether it be dance or just going outside for a walk. In the Get Loved Up community, we have what's called a mile a day, where we just walk a mile a day um, in nature if you can, or if you can't get outside, just dancing around your house to your favorite music, because that movement it triggers, you know, your happy hormones, your endorphins, so that you can balance your emotions. The breath work helps you balance your emotion. The meditation, the stillness um, versus, you know, being on social media all day helps you center on your sole purpose. So even though we're in the middle of a pandemic and things are crazy and we are very uncertain, you can focus on what is my purpose? What is it meant for me? to do and be during this time. And so I highly, highly, highly have it in my book, Let Your Fears Make You Fierce. And we practice it in the community on a daily basis. Amazing. And you're vegan, aren't you? You've been practicing vegan, I think it's for 15 years or, or more now. I don't know if you were always vegan, living in the South, perhaps. Uh, yeah, not. <laughs> definitely <laughs> not always vegan. I ate everything. I even got exotic with it and ate alligator and ostrich and crocodile and things like that. Um, so no, definitely not always vegan, but now definitely vegan. And you've done your homework, 15 years it's been. And I, wow, I mean... It, it means so much to me to be able to choose a path of the least amount of harm. And I'm the kind of person, like, I do, don't judge anyone for how they choose to eat. But I definitely can say making that choice to, you know, first include more plants in my life and, and less processed foods. I, I saw my energy levels shoot through the roof. And then... I noticed my skin, you know, people are like, oh, you glow. I'm like, oh, thank you. That's like the best compliment, you know. So from drinking lots of water and eating, you know, lots of fruits and vegetables, you know, my skin was better. And then, you know, as I start watching the documentaries and realizing like, you know, eating massive amounts of meat. I used to be on the zone diet. So I'd eat meat with every meal, like breakfast, lunch, dinner, and snacks. I had some chicken, turkey, fish, you know, and I and I thought I was doing the healthy uh, thing because I, I try to have some some veg with it when I could or, or some bread, cornbread, you know, I'm from the South. So, and then I, I realized that how much resources that it takes to produce meat versus, you know, following a vegetarian or vegan diet. And I was just like, oh, wow, like I definitely, and that's when I went vegetarian um, and just start going closer and closer and eventually decided that, you know, if it's possible for me to have optimal health and wellness on a vegan diet, I'm going to choose that because I know it causes the least amount of harm and I know it causes less impact on the planet. And I know um, sustainability wise, um, if more of the world adopts a vegan diet, then we can actually help people who are hungry more. We can be more sustainable. We can actually produce more more grains and more hemp and more things to make it where we can all have something to eat. So I feel like, you know, me educating about veganism and, and the impacts of it is really helping us live in a more sustainable world. So I'm so happy that, you know, all the people who are part of my journey, all the books, you know, from Forks Over Knives to What the Hell to um, Rainbow Green Live Food Cuisine 
to um, Queen of Fools book, Sacred Woman. I mean, there's so many beautiful documentaries and books out there. I really think anyone that's slightly interested, just go and just absorb all the knowledge and education. Um, I include a little nutrition plan in my book as well, just to help people on their journey, help make it taste good and and be really simple. But man, it's it's one of the best things that I ever did with my life is, is, choose, is to choose veganism. Amazing. And uh, getting to endorphins, and I know we've touched on this earlier, but as a track and field athlete, um, do you miss running? And like, do you do you still seek out that runner's high? Or do you get your endorphins now from from yoga and elsewhere? Oh, such a good question. <laughs> There's nothing like the track. There's nothing like when your your feet hit the pavement or you put on your tennis shoes or you put on your cleats. And I haven't put on cleats in a while, but there's nothing like it. There's just nothing like it. I can't, you know, but I do have different ways. I definitely get uh, a boost of endorphins from my yoga practice. Um, I've always been into fitness, so I'm always going to be someone who's down to bust out some push-ups and some squats and do like fun workouts. I love HIIT training. I love infusing hit with yoga. I love mountain climbing. I'm, I'm just an adventurous person. So I love all forms of the endorphin high. <laughs> you know, I, I love it all. But I would say on a regular basis, the reason I choose yoga on my daily is because it does hit all mental, spiritual, and physical. So it gives me, you know, either before or after, mostly time after I do my meditation. And it gives me that sense of calm and peace and going in and connecting spiritually. And usually during the practice or um, before, I'll listen to meditative music or affirmations. So I'm also getting that positive mental reinforcement. And then physically, you know, moving the body, moving the blood, uh, moving, removing lactic acid and oxygenating my body is helping, you know, my body be at its best. And then, you know, three times out of the week, I'll toss in, you know, the HIIT yoga to make sure that I'm getting the strength gains that I want as well. I definitely have that from, you know, track and field and wanting to have, um, you know, specific gains with my practice. And so I can do that all on my mat. And that's why yoga is like my number one go-to, but I will also do workouts. Um, I haven't been to the gym much since the pandemic. Before the pandemic, I would go to the gym once or twice a week, just because I, 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 it's fun. And I love throwing around met balls and lifting weights and, and checking my strength and things like that. But like I said, yoga is my go-to because I feel like I can I can get it all mentally, spiritually, and physically. Yeah, and there's some amazing boutique uh, studios on there in LA. Do you do you have like a favorite feel good workout, or do you mostly train in like a gym or or at your own house? Oh, I train at home. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, one thing I will say, like I miss people, I miss human interactions and in touch and things like that, but. I've been able to be more balanced and actually reach more people being at home. Number one, I'm able to balance my energy better than running to this, running to that, experiencing all like kind of the trauma you can experience, you know, on planes and trains and automobiles and traveling most of the time. So now I have a more grounded energy and I'm able to do more when it comes to outreach. Like I'm doing more on social media. I'm doing more via Zoom and like retreat. I never had over... 20 something people in a retreat. And then I did um, teach at Wonderless Festival. So those were like thousands of people. But I mean, we had over 8,000 people who signed up for the virtual retreat. And in each session, you could choose what session you, you could go to. Each session had 500 to 800 people um, consistently throughout the day, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So it's like, wow, like 
to see, you know, to get the testimonials and see how many people that you can impact and be so grounded in my space at home, it gave me a new value for stillness and being at home and how less is more. You know, you feel like you got to go all over the world traveling. And like I said, I'm always going to be adventurous. I'm always going to want to get on a plane and, and go somewhere and have the experience of different culture and things like that. But now I will never underestimate the power of being grounded and doing things from a grounded grounded space. And I'll also, it feels good to know that I can ground and tap in and still make a big impact, which is, of course, my purpose in life is, is impact when it comes to health and wellness. So it just feels good to know that I don't have to be flying all over the world um, in order to do, to do that. Oh. Well, Queer, it's been such a joy speaking to you. You have such a beautiful energy, which is powerful, even through just speaking to you audibly like this. Um, you really have created a very special community and, and yeah, super grateful for your time. Um, I'd just love you to finish with telling us a little bit more about what's in the pipeline with you and, and where our listeners can practice yoga with you virtually. Absolutely. Well, thank you for having me on the show. And I would love to invite everyone to the Get Loved Up community. It's an international community. Everyone is welcome. It's a safe space for everyone, um, no matter what your race, no matter what your socioeconomical status, male, female, every, everything's there. Everyone is there. So you're welcome to come. And then we um, have Get Loved Up Studios, which now we just started um, hiring master teachers. So we teach Monday through Friday. Um, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, we have master teachers um, um, that are teaching and going to be sharing more um, socially. And then we also have a wellness entrepreneur online course. So if you want to learn how to, it doesn't matter if it's yoga or fitness or meditation or whatever your passion is, if in the wellness space, if you want to become an entrepreneur, whether it be online or, you know, in real life, of course, most things are online now we provide the online training for it. And then we also have a wellness entrepreneur mastermind. And that's why I speak to you uh, week by week and help you um, grow your company and grow your business, grow your community, grow your platform. Platform. So Get Loved Up is just a nurturing community to nurture people on their journey. First, through that spiritual connecting, connecting with yourself, your soul, your soul's purpose, and then well-being for yourself, your community, your family. And then the last pillar that we added in the last year is just entrepreneurship and teaching you how once you have have that sense of wellness, how you can share it with others. And, you know, I believe in Nelson Mandela's quote, each one teach one as we learn, we teach. And it's not about being perfect. It's just about learning and being willing to share that learning with others. It's not doesn't happen overnight. It's definitely a journey. But I love providing that journey for the Get Loved Up community and people that step in and who want to really take their their health and wellness to the next level. Amazing. Well, thank you so much, Koya. And uh, yeah, I hope you enjoy the rest of your day and uh, see you in the community somewhere. I'll be following you. <laughs> thank you so much, too. Thanks for having me on the show. If you have any questions about today's podcast, please drop us a line at hello at whateveryourdose.com.